Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 180 of Pop Culture Crisis, and it is not live, believe it or not. My name is Brett. <laughs> I am here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. I'm so sad that I can't see you guys in the chat today. Do you feel, do you feel somehow more distant from them than you normally do? Yeah. You know what? Actually, it's kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, was, I was mentioning earlier that I said there is slightly less pressure. Like, theoretically, I could edit. If I was to say something awful right now, I could edit it out if I, I feel, needed to. I feel more pressure when we're recording because when we're live, it's just kind of a we're all like hanging out. And then plus it's like, well, too late now. If it happens, it happens. What can yeah, you do? It's yeah. just how you cope with it. And to cope with us in this not live setting, we have the MVP of, of Crisis Times at Pop Culture <laughs> Crisis. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com, and I would call myself a reoccurring guest on Pop Culture Crisis. <laughs> she, uh, That's your your byline there. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I know that when they had the, uh, the billboards, like it said, Michael Malice, reoccurring guest on TimCast.com. Yeah, or, I want to <laughs> be on a Pop Culture Crisis billboard. That would be cool. Like, we'll, we'll get that one day. Like the whole, but eventually. you have to have a fake quote about the show. <laughs> yes. And I have like to take some did. bizarre pose. The <laughs> Actually, nothing beats your. You look great, but nothing beats your laser eyes. I have to say, it, it was like, great. Amazing. All credit to Jessica. For Jessica that is one. so talented. So we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Where I, what I've decided, guys, um, because we're not live, we are not going to do chat today. We are going to save chat for the live. Oh, I think you should yeah. interpose whatever he says on the day of this episode yeah. over, like, insert it here. Yes. Should have seen that coming. Yeah, so that, I, I don't want to overload with chat well, today. <laughs> we'll edit it in, and then here's our reaction. Wow, that was really insightful, Chet. This Thank guy you. again? <laughs> exactly. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about this article in which Joseph Gordon-Levitt talks about what they call the pornification of pop culture and the idea of objectification uh, in popular culture, which we have talked about several times in relation to euphoria, the general overabundance of like porno pornographic type material that's coming out of Hollywood these days. We're also going to talk about this very, very interesting Amazon report uh, where a company that is uh, basically contracted by Amazon is trying to like like weasel their way into like the Indian film industry. Weasel. Weasel their way in, he says. <laughs> they're absolutely doing that. They're, they're trying to like take something that's not broken they're fix it. They're burrowing. Yes. We're going to talk about that and then we are going to talk about something called Barbie core, which uh, believe it or not, I don't have the strongest 
strongest of opinions on, but I imagine that these two young ladies absolutely <laughs> have fairly strong opinions on You're Barbie. You're gender core. profiling us, I and am. I know you have a Barbie hat in your closet. I have no Barbie <laughs> hat in my closet. But That's I a am, lie. No one believe Brett right now. I am absolutely gender profiling you guys right now. So we're going to do that. Hey, Mary has on her Instagram says, I only think about fashion and death. So I it's feel true. like Barbie core fits right in there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about that, and we got Podluck. We got a bunch of other stuff. So if you ladies are ready, we'll just get right into it because we got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to get through. Are we ready, Mary? Let's freaking go. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. So the first thing says, Joseph Gordon-Levitt says, a lot of pop culture is pornographic. We put labels on people and objectify them. I actually agree with that concept, but I, I also asked the question, like, how do you not, given the medium that they exist in? But I mean, that's a very broad statement yes. that doesn't just apply to pornography. Uh, is he referring specifically to explicit content that's included in what's coming out of Hollywood or just the general principle that we don't treat the performers as people? Well, the general consent, the idea that we don't treat performers as fully fledged people, that they're they're basically just uh, you treat the, you uh, you judge them based on surface level traits. Well, in a way, that's what you're supposed to yeah. do, right? And and you're supposed to forget who they are when they're performing. Exactly. So it says, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has suggested that the way uh, that the way much of pop culture only portrays the surface level of its subjects is pornographic. In an interview with the Sunday Times, the actor discussed a number of topics. Uh, mm -hmm. I, he some for some reason talked about Donald Trump, but you know it was the media. They always do. They were they were they're, they're, the media is a bunch of crackheads, and they, and they need their <laughs> Trump. So I, I think that the media sets up a lot of. Uh, actors to look more annoying than they really are yeah absolutely because they have all of these bait and switch questions uh about political matters and imagine. what are you supposed to do other like are you going to refuse to answer he actually handles it pretty well in, in here and i want to point out this article's old uh the concept of the pornification of pop culture is something that's come up it's a lot ongoing. lately but these top these articles were from like late 2020 mm -hmm. but i thought it was interesting because it's only gotten more prolific since then it hasn't yeah. gotten better it's gotten worse well and we just talked about like intimacy coordinators the other day like the idea of how we're handling sex scenes and uh, just sexualization of media in general is something that i think we're gonna have to talk about more and more and more yep. so he says we don't see people as people he continued we see them as things and when we watch pornography we don't see the people in the videos as people either we don't think about who they are or what their lives are like uh we see them as a thing we do that to each other in general. We put labels on people and objectify them rather than trying to understand them as a whole person. Do you think part of that also has to do with the fact that much of our contact with one another nowadays is digital? So it's even easier to dehumanize somebody when all you see of them is an avatar. Or if all you see is the text that they're exactly. putting out there. Where but you can't read the con, uh, you can't read body language, you can't read tone. Like even like earlier, like we had, uh, we, we've had super chats lately where uh, during the live episodes where it's like, I imagine that Three different people could get three different interpretations of what was just said to us based on how you read what they said. But also because I believe like the medium is the message, you use these platforms for what they are. Don't expect them to provide a, an in-depth perspective on who you are or, you know, your real nuanced takes on things. It's it's a tweet. It's a TikTok, whatever make it short make it punchy and say what you want to say in a way that's like funny and entertaining yeah. it's not supposed to foster a real conversation and maybe maybe that's kind of the problem is they always feel like they like a lot of celebrities are under this impression that they're always uh 
um, providing great insight into the world that, that fosters yeah. deeper conversation when re- in reality it's mindless entertainment most of the time uh, and a lot of the, uh, the deeper meaning is only interpreted by the people making it because they had to think more, diff- more yeah. uh, in depth about what they're making. Like, a lot of times I watch a lot of like, uh, audio commentaries for movies and a lot of what the director sees, I see it once he points it out but it's not, it doesn't come across on screen that way, but that's the yeah. never-ending struggle of the medium, like you said. There are a lot of celebrities who aren't active on social media. You'll notice, uh, especially Twitter, like there are tons of celebrities who don't even have an account or mm-hmm. use the account they have. And they just Ashley Olsen were kind of famous for this. They're not on social media, and yeah. they took over like Sephora's account for a day because they were promoting some. Some. It's interesting that, they were that both of them made the same decision. Like, what if one of them was on? And I think because their brand yeah, is wasn't. so linked, They're, they own their clothing line together. Yeah. They're. I don't think maybe one of them has done a little bit more acting than the other independently, but for the most part, they left mm-hmm. acting around the same time. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's point is better than he realizes it is like i think saying we don't treat people he says we uh we don't see people's people we we see them as things when we watch pornography we don't see people in the videos like that either it reminds me of a lot of um commentary about casting both in fashion and in acting you've seen those pictures where it's like Katy Perry and like Zoe Deschanel and like a bunch of these girls with like dark hair and bright blue eyes and like pale skin and someone's like someone's father has some explaining to do because they all kind of look the same we know that there's mm-hmm. sort of a, a trope of like there's a certain type of there are look. multiple there's different s- types like that right in Hollywood. And, and one of the things that would come up a lot with like uh, modeling casting is like especially when it comes to weight is that you're the hanger like they are literally considering them an object you know because you're supposed to mm-hmm. not stand out from the clothes the clothes are supposed to be what's out there I think in some way I can understand where Hollywood might defend itself saying uh actors are objects for us because they are portraying mm-hmm. our story and our art and our written word but on the other hand it is ultimately extremely de- uh, dehumanizing and he doesn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't even talk on how sexual that has become. The, yeah, the other article I have here talks more about yeah. the, the sexual implications of that. and that's. I think uh, that was only exacerbated by the move from cable television to streaming platforms mm-hmm. because the streaming services have complete license to put whatever they want on them. Well, and I would argue that a lot of third-wave feminism fed into this when it became sort of... Uh, pro-sex positivity you're allowed to do whatever uh, so a lot of it is like embracing yourself as a sexual being is supposed to be liberating from the patriarchy right which oppresses you and i think that is what i don't think hollywood genuinely cares about any of that i think it was like cool so now we can tell women no no it's good to take your clothes off for a film mm-hmm. because it's empowering and it's good for your career and it opened the door when a lot of actresses would have said no yeah. I don't want to perform this way. I don't want to be depicted like that. It is now set the set the standard so that like it's actually much more commonplace to have graphic sexual depictions in movies and films. They literally call it porno chic in here. Like Fifty Shades of Grey, that's like literally like a genre considered almost I mean, a genre now. Even I with Fifty Shades of Grey, I didn't way. watch it, but I like my impression of it was that those scenes weren't super graphic at all. I think it the book is really like, graphic. Yeah, I think that is also graphic, true of the like the movie was like masking all right, that. Right, but like the book actually is similar to what I think it's called like um, grocery store lit. It's like romance novels, yeah. like bodice rippers or whatever. Like it's an already existing form of literature. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Ark Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once, then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. It's just that we separate for ourselves reading something privately and showing something publicly like mm-hmm. graphically acting out a sex scene especially in content that later gets produced on uh, in movies or in television like where a wider range of people or when have you're access watching to in it. person in a theater with a bunch of other mm-hmm. people with a book it's like somewhat of a private experience and you can opt into it you know okay. like you don't have to worry about your 12 year old wandering through the living room while like the game of thrones characters are you yeah. know naked there- it's a it's very different and it's maybe you know for some people both might not be permissible but i think hollywood is really benefited from telling women taking your clothes off is a good thing matt, matt smith the actor matt smith from doctor who yeah. uh recently did like a thing where he talked about like he had like he's like why is there so much sex in the new in the new lord of the rings or i'm sorry in the new game lord of, thrones. of the rings uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. i was like wait no what? Not, i was just not looking at that in, in in uh, house of dragon he's like he's like it feels like there's just too much sex in here but then they're going back on the sexual violence part which actually was their argument for why it's realistic and needed it was more important because it showed the gr- the the gratuitously bad just, side now they're showing the, their hand that the intention the entire time at least i think was just attention seeking just to shock so it says sexual entrepreneurship encapsulates how in recent decades sex and intimate relationships have become subject to market uh, market logics of consumerism investment and enterprise much like the film industry is is doing that within there it says uh, for example it has become common to outsource matters of love to dating platforms couples therapists and wedding planners those engaging in sexual relations are increasingly expected to embody self-assured savvy sexualities and be skilled in a variety of sexual behaviors and practices one of the funniest things I remember is like, okay, there's a bunch of shows that I that I've watched. The the show of um, I, I don't know, like Castle, uh, where Stana Kattik, the actress Stana Kattik, uh she plays like this tough, hard nosed detective person who also supposedly partied a lot when she was young, and you never buy it. Like you never, whenever she's talking about her wild exploits when she was younger, there isn't an ounce of you that believes it because she it, has such a stiff upper lip. Yeah, her, her so it's it's like they felt like they had to incorporate that into the character when it never needed to be that. That's at how I all. feel about. Sorry, this is a little bit of a segue, but that's how I feel about Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, like they would occasionally be like she was like a gothy like, you know. I don't know shoplifting teenager and I just like never bought it like Mm. they want her character to have more complexity and they think by adding this like racy background that's her character can't really pull off they get it I think in some ways I think I've said this before on the show but I think adding sex scenes especially like kind of graphically depicted sex scenes makes 
a lot of directors feel like their film is racy and uh, complicated mm-hmm. in a way that it's truly not. Yeah. I mean, it's similar yeah. to the critique I feel about like action movies where they're like, there's no plot, it's just explosion. Like, that's the it. same thing. That's it. why I was a little surprised to see Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, weighing in on this when. Um, I saw him in this film, Mysterious Skin, that's about uh, really dark things about child abuse. And his character was the victim of child abuse. And it shows him as an adult in graphic sexual scenes. And then it also shows, in a more masked way, him as a child getting abused. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that actually adds to the depth of that character. I think it, it makes it a more two-dimensional one see i disagree i think that is a case where maybe i wouldn't have done it if i were the director but like i understand where graphic sexual depiction plays into the deeply complicated uh psychological uh scars that someone who has gone through like that kind of abuse as a child carries into adulthood with them i am critiquing more just commonplace like anything netflix puts puts out like they are likely to consider uh, a graphic sex scene that way it looks cooler than it is it's actually thank god that's not in stranger things yeah i well but i have a feeling that they want yeah of course that well we talked about who is it the the actress they've gotten stuck because their audience is young and so it'll be too obvious what they're doing remember the the the, uh the actress from game of thrones who ended up having to do a nude scene in like the williams Williams, who has been on the show since she was 11 and then they were like now you're gonna do a sex scene where first off i think it's like incest she's i've never really followed game of thrones yeah and then she's like a teenager she gave this interview that was like it was empowering it was great and it's like so cast members and crewmen. I mean, I know they keep who it literally kind of watched you from a point who of innocence. Literally watched you grow up. Like this is creepy. Like, okay, and Woody make Allen. Everyone in the room uncomfortable. Ew. But that also meant. I mean, and I feel guilty for the writers because I know. I mean, I, I don't really feel guilty, but like I know the books. The show is led somewhat by the books. But if it was by the last season, I don't remember the like. Were the like, books graphic? Did they depict graphic know, sexual violence? I never. I only watched the show. I never. I never read the books. It's like it's not like I'm not Hannah Claire. I don't believe it's not like their books. erotica yeah. novels. So it, uh, uh, that's funny here because it also points out that it says by 2024 the global sexual wellness market, including what? sex toys what and related that? products, <laughs> this is from the second article, is projected to grow to 39 billion. And I what thought, a name I, for I that industry. I just saw that there was a thing where Frank Ocean released like a uh, uh, male or like. Yes. What? Immediate yeah. pass. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, so I'm like, is this, is am I so cynical as to dude. think that like the, a dude do you think like it's that? Because he believes in sexual wellness, or do you think it's because he saw? Well, he, he has a. He has a. Yeah. He wellness. Has a, he has a business manager who said, "Look, uh, this market is going to be huge in the next few years. You need to get. In Why don't you early. get in early on like, it, and and then I'm imagining also, like all the female porn stars like, hey, leave the fleshlights to us, okay? We want the corner market. Like you and your mainstream celebrity, you stay over there. I think the sexual wellness industry is a <laughs> terrible mm. treatment for a wound that our culture already caused. Like we encourage sexual dysfunction and the um, divorce of emotion from sex, which ultimately harms women. And then we said, no, 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 you don't understand. Like it's good. Let us try and fix the problem we've created by offering you vibrators. Read the uh, headline. You don't have to read it out loud, but you can just read the headline for the the top article. I put it on the. It's on that screen over there. On the. It's on there. Frank Ocean is now selling extra large, extra large diamond bleep rings for 
What is that? 25K. 25K. How many of them are there? I don't know. Uh, but yes, so so I'm just saying, this is very much, Frank Ocean is mainstream. This is all mainstream. Yeah. These used to be the dark uh, recesses of, of culture, and now it's very much, Hollywood is like, I almost feel bad for the exploitative porn directors who are like, stop encroaching on our territory. But isn't I'm that kidding. interesting I, that like, we are now like, totally on board with this industry, but in a lot of cases, the porn industry is still really centered, like, we can't decide if we like it or not. And really, it's only okay if Hollywood is doing it. Like, yeah. If I worked in that industry, wouldn't you be mad that they are basically profiting on something that you have been shut in the corners for for a long time? Well, in a way, the porn industry is almost subject to more boundaries. Yeah. Because, like, we see more so-called exploration of... Uh, minors yep. sexuality in mainstream television and movies than we ever would in pornography which is fictional yeah i pointed out uh, on the show a while back that like in uh in porn you're not allowed to depict uh high school kids mm -hmm. uh having sex with teachers but, hollywood, but can. hollywood can absolutely do that that's that's because, fine, it's, because it's hollywood art. wasn't that like because the opening so scene of like art. uh riverdale or something Something like that, yeah. Like it's in uh, Riverdale, it's in Euphoria. There, it's uh, and there's and there's more than a few of those celebrities who have gone uh, of women from that industry that have gone fairly mainstream or at least work, uh, you know, especially with the growth of like Sirius XM in like the early two thousand like twenty tens. That was like the their own version of like Missing Link Media, where they transitioned from that industry into the mainstream mm. uh, and then and then onward. So it's it is kind of fascinating to me because it's kind of like that. It's like that slow burn hypothesis. It's like it's like it's a, you can't just dump it all in there at once. But little by little, over the last few decades, I remember an episode of the of the like one of the CSIs where a character says like it's like an episode centered around the porn industry, and some character, some like one of the cops is like, haven't you? Is like everyone's seen it like uh, at a nightclub with uh, or watched it with friends. I'm like, no. What? Nobody? At a nightclub? Yeah. I was like, what does like that even the mean? line, like, it, that's how clunky it was. That it, it still rings in my brain to this what? day. And like, or watched it with friends. I'm like, I, not really, but okay. Like, but they want you to believe that's normal. Yeah. I just, I can't accept that they don't plan out what they're doing, that they don't know yeah. they're doing it. Yep. I think it's very calculated in a lot of cases. Yep. I also think, like, do we, do we want this? Is this what we want as a culture and society? Like, do we want... Well, no, but it's it's being... F I feel it's being forced on us. I also... I think it's being forced on us, but I do think that people have more power to say no to it than they do. And I think that's because it's an uncomfortable talk about thing to talk about. Yep. So where do we go then from there? Uh, uh, if we were to wrap this up, like, how do you... Uh, I mean, I don't know if... Can you go backwards? You can't go backwards. Like, it's, it's pervasive, right? It's... Uh, it's very hard to roll something like this back and you can't put the genie back in the bottle. My general thought yeah. is that we're seeing a divide in culture where younger generations, our generation is sort of realizing how far older like cultural leadership let things go and that we don't actually want these things. And so while we can't necessarily delete it from the internet or remove, let's say pornography or something like that, like I do think there is a pretty serious uh, tide turn and there are people who are splitting off. Um, Gavin McGinnis, who's definitely not my generation, had this whole thing about like, I don't, can I say not? Not what? I don't know, not self-pleasuring uh, i have no idea if we can say that word on here or not okay well, i mean that's not like a word yeah. I, this is so uncomfortable please cut this from this episode anyways he like had a whole thing about uh being abstinent except for when he was with his wife yeah 
and part of that was like he was like i feel more manly i feel better it also like has made me sharper more focused like he feels a physiological effect and i think we are moving away from a general sense of indulgence culture not everyone people no are, not november for men yeah that's exactly what it is but like there's like a whole thing about there i think we really are seeing people who are wanting to like in some ways your fandom of chet hanks who was like fitness rise and grind i'm up doing my birthdays like discipline like that is actually a harbinger of a culture a shifting culture Mm -hmm. instead of being told you can do whatever you want whenever you want however much you want we're starting to see people who are saying like saying no is actually good and saying like i don't want this benefits me can we put the genie back in the bottle we were actually talking about that a little bit on irl last night in the context of just like all the corruption that we witness and i'm not totally sure i think you got to fix yourself before you fix society um focus on you i I, that's i say like you have to focus on but also like let's bring back decency laws (laughs) i i fully believe in that i do i think people hear decency laws as an oppressive thing but i don't think they are Mm -mm. i think people forget that like it's okay to have standards for yourself yeah, I don't know. All right, mm-hmm. we will see where that goes. All right, I want to talk about uh, Amazon, an Amazon-backed media company. It's a, it's a, the consulting class, as we, as me and uh, <laughs> me and Mary talk about. Yes, yeah. the, the consulting <laughs> class. So it says Amazon-backed media report pressures Indian film and television companies to push for diversity and inclusion. I immediately wanted to cover this because one of the things that I find fascinating is that I think a lot of what we're dealing with, uh, as far as the entertainment industry. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, uh, quotas that are putting, p- being put in place by what are literally called diversity czars <laughs> in some companies. Uh, it's a product of being from a naturally diverse country, but still has one, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, a dominant, like, uh, what is it, America still 60% white? I, I'm not sure. It's around that. So we still have a majority population here, but we, we are far more diverse than most countries, which, mm-hmm. you know, when you're homogenous, you don't have to think but as hard about these types of questions. But that's not true in reality then, because we're one of the most diverse countries, yet we have the largest, like most bloated HR and yeah. diversity, equity, mm-hmm. inclusion class of almost any of us. And, but that's the thing. Now that Which class. Which means is we do have to think about it harder. The, no, no, I'm saying now that class. No, I'm saying they don't. Like India does not, shouldn't well, have I, to think yes, about it harder. And I think because now they're, they're trying to roll it out on a global scale, so which is more culturally imperialistic wait, than so absolutely they want culture. to admit. So Sorry, imp- wait, just to clarify. You think that India shouldn't have to worry about it. I'm saying that I don't they think anyone should I, have I, to worry about it. I'm saying they shouldn't it. have to have Amazon companies pushing sure. for them to change how their movies are made be based on American values. Yeah, I would argue that India, Indian culture actually still really relies on the caste system. Yeah, they talk about that. In and so. we have no concept for that in America because we are, that's not our, that's not our thing and that's not our issue. And so in some ways, like, you know, I don't, I haven't watched a ton of, uh, movies and film from india there was one about like a wedding planner that amazon put out and like i don't think it got renewed for a second season but it was a wild and good time and the cast system gets discussed and depicted Ah. all the time i would argue that in some ways indian culture and film from my limited knowledge and i'm willing to be corrected on this uh actually has to talk about diversity in a much more natural way you're talking about talking about it they're talking about literally the numbers of the people on screen but that's what i'm talking about like it's much more real and present in their culture because it's 
instead of it being this like imposed like you should have certain representations of diversity that are not actually proportional like i remember reading the study that there are however many depictions of like lgbtq people in mm -hmm. hollywood but that's actually not representational at all to the proportion of the u.s if you hollywood is 23 percent lgbtqia plus if you only took in american media you would think our country is like 50 percent lgbtq oh, which is not the case or you'd think like uh, they were like larry elder was talking on the show the other night he's talking about like uh, the media can skew anything like people think that uh, that cops are just mowing people down in the streets here. The media can, can twist anything. But they talk about the media company's name is Ormax Media and Film Companion, which is very Ormax. I, I don't know. It just sounds nefarious to me. <laughs> uh, media watchdogs have spent the last five to ten years analyzing just how diverse and inclusive modern television shows and movies have become. As a result, many of these major entertainment giants, such as Disney, NBC Universal, and Netflix, have mandated diversity and inclusion quotas. Officers in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion quotas and officers in order to ensure progressive hiring standards in front of and behind the camera. Amazon Video, now working with Indian media consulting firm Ormax Media and Film Dude. Companion. Uh, yes, the, the, there's that damn consultant class. There, there are too many of these like consultant agencies, NGOs that just want entertainment in their like chokehold they want to control it all the the report took into consideration a total of 100 films and 50 series based, uh, released in 2021 across eight indian languages uh and it says per the report of the 56 theatrical indian films analyzed across languages not one was directed or edited by a woman the report continues to complain that only 10 percent of senior leadership roles in major media and entertainment houses were held by women the report goes into deeper detail about the lack of inclusivity within the Indian ranks of cinema and entertainment. So that first part was about the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, uh, using progressive metrics such as the Bechtel test, which is uh, not a real thing. I don't care what anyone says. It was made up by a, by a, a feminist. Okay, it's a real Bechtel, thing. It's just stupid. We should <laughs> define it for the audience. The Bechtel test is how often female characters talk to one another and it doesn't have anything to do with a man. Can't be about a man. But did they? I, I, I don't remember the last time I watched a modern thing where the women talked about a man. I also, don't. did this get compared to real life like women's conversations? No. Like, where, where is this rooted in? Because Cause women talk about people we talk about people More all than the anything. time. Yeah. So it says uh, only 55% of the films and series passed the Bechtel test in promotional trailers. Women only had 25% of the talk time with 48 titles allocating 10 seconds or less to female characters. Like, I this just feels like we want Bollywood to be Hollywood. I, I want to ask a question. I feel like we should like, take Bollywood's lead on diversity. They are literally having to analyze multiple languages. Yep. And we're like, we know about diversity. Yeah. I, I want to ask if this is simply a lack of creativity in Hollywood. Uh, well, in Hollywood and Bali. Uh, do they just not know how to tell stories that will be interesting enough to watch that don't have male-centric roles, no, right? You, they, nothing in, in this says that these films that they're analyzing are not successful. I'm talking about... I'm yeah, but I'm talking about the, the metrics themselves bear out that women make up only 10% of the... Well, do you think that in order to have mainstream success outside of India, they would need to implement these changes? I think that's what the consultants think. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I believe that, well, like, like okay, for instance, we're not like we're, America, we're putting more women in front of the screen, but we're not giving them women roles. We're giving them roles as men in still male-centric movies, just playing character uh, against the, the uh, type of uh, role a, a female would normally yeah. have. So the question here is I don't care if you put more women on screen. I care that you actually tell good stories that involve the, the female characters rather than just 
saying we're not going to actually be diverse. We're just going to put more women and tell the same story. And unfortunately, because that is so prevalent, when I see a female lead, before I even know the story or watch it, I almost want to give up entirely. Yeah. It's what happened with me with Prey when we were watching Prey. I have a natural bias now. I can watch anything from that. We talked about Covert Affairs the other day or Alias the other day because that notion was not implemented in that level of Hollywood yet. You look at it with a far more open mind than you look at stuff being made now because you know that bias in that uh, initiative that you yeah, know that they were hired by a diversity officer. Yeah, they're conditioning people into harboring the biases that they've been scaremongering about before they were even relevant. So it's literally becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Uh, they talk about how television did generally better than film with the Bechtel test and all the other stuff. That's because there's literally just more time on screen so I they have to fill more time. now apply the Bechtel test to our office and figure out how often two female staff members talk about something other than a man. Because I feel like that's the only control, right? Are they saying that it's supposed to represent reality? Yeah. And if it, it represented reality, you'd find that women talk about people nonstop and well, that includes saying men. that like I saying that like we would have to have a conversation about something other than men's means we couldn't talk about anything to do with my office because I share an office with a man we couldn't talk about anything to do with this podcast probably because Brett's here we probably couldn't talk about most of our office or what goes on in our office because it involves male co-workers or about politics because or there, about our families so because there are men there like yeah I just like don't understand this test unless it's more nuanced they're talking about like specifically talking about men in a romantic or like love I wouldn't trust type it way. to be nuanced I don't think it's nuanced <laughs> at all we also couldn't talk about politics including Joe Biden the male president yeah. like you don't understand uh, I don't you're know you're if the Bechtel test more is difficult for women to talk I I don't know if the Bechtel test is supposed to mean talking about a man in a relationship sense that you might be overgeneralizing that they may be know. referring to the Bechtel test as like you only I'm talk not an about expert a, on yeah. it. I, I, I that's what I want to know. Does it mean like any mention of a man at any time? Or are they talking about like specific, specifically I think it's having about, like, women being like, is he hot? Is he cute? But that's never in movies anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> Except for like teeny bopper movies. Right? Oh, yeah. Also, Which, fair I, enough. That's what teenage girls talk about sometimes. Be, there's no way to prove this other than to just do the, like, just to read the articles and look at what's getting made. But the idea that, at least on the Hollywood side, not on the Indian side, but uh, on the Hollywood side, that women are underrepresented is is okay. actually belly laughable. I looked, I looked it up. So the Bechdel test is uh, a simple test which uh, has three criteria. So it has to test at least two women. It has to have at least two women in it. And they have to talk about something who talk to each other, something besides a man. That's it. That's as specific as it gets. Okay, that, so that what? can mean a lot of things. Yes. That's insane. That doesn't make any sense. If you keep it that vague, it's easy to fail a lot of I'm films. on Bechteltest.com. Somebody name a movie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm derailing this. Uh Clueless. Clueless is <laughs> That's gonna be a bad one. That one's gonna fail. Clueless is incredible. Maybe no, that that won't fail. Clueless. Movie passes three for three. No, it would pass. It wouldn't. Uh, I mean, there's enough women talking about like. But it's uh, a it's a teeny bopper yeah. movie, so I was like, okay, hmm. what's another one? Oh yeah, he's right. kind of a Baldwin. Right, That's my you favorite line now. from. Um, name Pray. like a man's movie. Fast and the Furious. Okay. Oh, which one? <laughs> the first one. Are there enough women in that to even? That's how we're gonna find out. Yeah, it's got Michelle Rodriguez and uh, uh, Patrick. It uh, fails. Pat it fails. passes one out of three. I just think like if. Men enjoy movies where stupid. they don't pass this oh, arbitrary the, test. It's probably just because that's their taste. And like, why is that wrong? Why is that the wrong? The women have to be two named characters who talk to each other 
and they have to talk about something other than other than besides men. In Fast and Furious, there are two named women who are like, the car is not working. I know it's what not if they're like very fast at all. Pass the napkins or something like that. Does that count? <laughs> Probably not. So th- this is we went to we went to continue. We hope this report serves as a starting point for the industry to come together and discuss ways to address the evident imbalance. I'm picturing them like. Tapping a baseball bat, looking very threatening at them. <laughs> Don't make us come after you. Last year, CBS made the announcement that they will target at least 50% representation of black, indigenous, people of color, uh, BIPOC, across all casts for future unscripted series. 50% is an overrepresentation of the population. Yeah, it's not proportional. Yeah. Top Gun fails the Bechtel test, but Top Gun Maverick passes the Bechtel test. Of course, it's a masterpiece. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm going to start making up my own tests. Earlier this Guys, year, we really need to get my research group up and going. <laughs> Earlier this year, British network ITV forged 80 million, that's uh, it's 105 million uh, American, diversity commissioning fund to be spent over the next three years on shows produced by or related to black, Asian, or minority, ethnic, or disabled people. One of the ones that I like the most is I do like it when they can work it like like there's an actress named meredith eaton she's uh she's um a little uh, i don't need it's little person still the the, yeah, the proper term. okay she is a fantastic actress and they always find cool ways to like have she had an episode of house which is one of the best she's so good in that episode I know exactly what you're she, talking she, about she, where she she goes uh, punch for punch with house during the whole episode and he, like, likes, and he her. likes her it's really funny he's like into it uh, and then, and she's great. She she played uh, like a CIA person in in the MacGyver reboot. It makes no sense. She would clearly never work for the CIA, but she's so good in the role, you don't care. Well, and yeah. it was made just before well, Hollywood that, went mentally. Okay, that insane. means like women are capable of challenging men in interpersonal situations yep. without acting like men. Yes. It's, I liked uh, Marley Matlin, who's in West Wing. And when she's in, like, the fact that she's a deaf actress or deaf character mm-hmm. comes up, right? That's really who she is. And it, there's some jokes about it. But it's not like, oh, good, we have, like, our deaf consultant coming into yeah, the White House today. They don't play it off like that at all. Because the idea would be she's worked her way up that high in yeah. spite of her Yeah, condition. and she has a flirtation with one. Like, like, she's just a character. And I think that is, like what the strange thing about the consultancy diversity class is, which is like, you have to scream that you have complied and we have to draw attention to it constantly, which is like not natural. And how often do I point out, I said, just do it and don't draw attention to it and you will gain far more. Like you're not going to win all the people. But if you do something correct, you have to point it out so everyone knows. Yeah, it's it's the worst part. I was just thinking about in John Wick 2, they made Ruby Rose's character deaf or at least mute. uh, Not not deaf, she was mute because she signs, but she can hear him when he talks, I think. Um, mm. um, we were just talking about covert affairs. Yep. There's a blind character in that show, and I feel it was not shoehorned in the way that no. they do it today. Be- and, and nowadays, they wouldn't allow the at Christopher Gorham to play that character because uh, Christopher Gorham is not blind. He's he can see, but right. the character that would be a crime in the representation. I'm trying to think of I don't know her name, but the woman who was in the most recent Jurassic Park movie. Or Jurassic World, and she was the fighter pilot girl who's oh. helped. Dewanda Wise. Yeah, Dewanda Wise. Okay, I thought she was great in the role. I would say statistically, I am not sure. I'm not sure what the proportion of African American f- f- military pilots is. You could say it doesn't really matter. She, they didn't really draw draw a ton I'll, of I'm attention gonna, to I'll, it. But like, it was one of those things where it's right on the line. Like, she's a she may not be typically reflective of who most military pilots are. On the other hand, like I thought she carried the role well. I also want to point out that there's something in, the, that, in that 
film in that line with her with her that would have been different 10 years ago where she talks about she got into flying because her mom was a, a navy pilot 10 years ago it would have been my dad that's was the a thing. navy my that, dad was a navy that's, pilot. that's yeah. exactly the hiccup i was thinking of like yep. for the most part it's it little things like that I, they try to like, do it under your nose yeah, this yeah. is why so i can't annoying. watch modern movies anymore because i like, notice it every time it, it ruins it for me from the moment i start watching it and i start dissecting it and i feel bad for the actors because they're just Giving them the material that was uh, that, that that they're fed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, that's be. That's like, the you- thing. They ruin the thing. They they ruin the illusion of her being like this pilot who's just there because she's good by adding this line. Like, if they really wanted to sell it, they should have a reflection in reality right there's a picture of her parents in the cockpit like she is her not dad would Rachel. have more likely been the pilot right yeah. sorry it's the fact it's the truth sorry sorry but you make her story seem fake by not honoring reality yep. and then mm-hmm. like, this is like this is why i stop shows 20 minutes in because the second i catch something like that in modern in modern media it just turns me off and i think if Indian consumers don't have to deal with that headache. They shouldn't have then to. Then all power to them. Well, st- I, like stop I the consultant class. Like, if you don't want to become more marketable to the West by implementing all of these stupid diversity, equity, inclusion quotas, then good for you. See, like I feel like they should in some ways shouldn't we ask India how they deal with diversity because they actually have diversity as a real and present factor with a hierarchy. Like that's the thing about being in America. We're like, everyone's good and equal. Like, Indian society believes in a caste system, which means that there are certain Is that people. still based on skin tone, or is it just your... It's based on a couple different things, but skin lineage. tone is part of that. Like, you can't suddenly produce a very pale baby, and they're they're considered higher than okay. the other. You like, could even make that, like... Remember? It's socioeconomic. It's, it's a couple different things. But that being said, shouldn't we ask them how they deal with it? I get that they're going after them for, like, what appears to be a specific weakness, which is, like female participation but that seems also, to be the biggest focus generally of this. i think that like that why are we the authority on i mean this? that won't it. be received well because they have a different culture nobody likes bollywood for the guys <laughs> they I don't. Just don't i mean true. like I just a, okay let me rephrase it no american film uh, uh uh no american dude who watches bollywood sure. uh, okay i'm generalizing I mean, i'm not saying they don't love the movies Okay, look at this, look how cool the dude looks. Just let the dudes be the dudes, it's like, okay? India has its own problems. They have a caste system. Uh, China has its own problems. They have a social credit s- system. And the West has its own problems too. And I hate that we try to be the world police even in yeah, the sector of entertainment we're not we're not yeah like we we've rolled back the military and now we're just now now it's we're just sending out hr departments well, we're around acting the world. like we're just like <laughs> carpet bombing the world with rainbows like, and puppies and diversity why do we care how india produces its movies because They're doing because fine. because Leave amazon is a, a global company and they yeah. want to hit multiple markets but those multiple markets have to reflect our values you can't it's it's not yeah, going to work because I definitely want Amazon to set our culture. That's know, what right? I've always hoped for. At, Am- at Prime Video, we have rolled out an inclusion policy playbook that has institutionalized certain guidelines to ensure just female representation on and off screen. Is this also true in the Middle East? Do their <laughs> diversity, inclusion, and, and equity stuff? Oh, apply I don't. To Middle Eastern I, I guess those flags uh, in Saudi Arabia don't change on on June first. They don't. Um, the these range from mandatory. <laughs> I can't believe I can read this with a straight face. 
<laughs> these range from mandatory female representation in writers' rooms. You're going to make every male there hate you. Yeah. They're going to also, hate you. Also, like, I'm sorry, but, like, you don't understand our culture requiring women to, like, suddenly be put in writers' rooms. Like, you don't know what you're asking them to go through, right? We're going to get stories later that was like, Amazon made me sit in a men's only writer's room and it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it. Evaluating every script on specific parameters. We know what those parameters are. Not whammon, not... Uh, <laughs> not whammon enough. The basal test. <laughs> not whammon enough. Not whammon enough, not gay enough, not... Uh, not whatever. Like Too white. Too, movies too white. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Uh, I'm so past. I'm not past caring though, because like, <laughs> because like I said, we, like we point out what happened with Dewanda Wise, who did a fantastic job in that role, and then the one line just freaking ruins it. it and and it's it like, didn't have to it be there. They're just like to trying to be like, look how good we are at diversity, everybody. Girl boss mom was a pilot in the air that's force. That's why I'm also, a girl boss. Are you saying that women can only be inspired by the things their moms do? Like, yep. it's just as believable that she saw her dad have a cool career and was like, I want to do that too. No, yeah. no, that's not believable because men bad so it says i am certain the streaming is going or is to that like sorry i can make this way worse is that a comment on like the fact that the especially black americans have a high rate of fatherlessness like what high rate that's of single even motherhood? worse that's, that's what yeah. i'm saying are they saying her dad wasn't around to show her his cool career no like, he was that's at home. way worse he was probably at home taking care of her because her mom was off girl bossing he was at home vacuuming and fabricating and the, and the <laughs> women and then women everywhere have to pretend that that's what they want like, they could have avoided this whole thing. It's dumb. Okay, also, I, I will absolutely not pretend that's what I want. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm asking two women. I was like, women don't actually want that, right? Like, uh, I'm a black female Air Force pilot who was raised by a stay-at-home dad. dad. They don't want that. <laughs> I think that's believable. <laughs> I, I think they'll believe it. Our writer's room know. is like, that sounds like something they'll buy. Like, all you... <laughs> I just hope, like, somehow they'll learn the hard way you can't fake this stuff you, you, can't. you can't force when it. it feels right it feels right and they need to we need like a not diversity equity inclusion <laughs> officer to come and be like they know he works with the direct we need a you know conformity yeah. and no. exclusion i know what's crazy for, for like one pr move all jurassic park and this is not about Jurassic Park. it's about diversity in bollywood but all jurassic park had to do was find one black female former military pilot and ask her what made you want to be yeah. a, a pilot she they could have ripped off her story with her consent paid her a hefty consultants fee and then been like that character is inspired by this real person but instead they're like we're gonna make it up because like, we know all, all, what we need is okay fine you want to have the the diversity equity and inclusion officer there fine i want a no, sorry bro not realistic officer there as well whose job is to say I don't know if I buy that she had a, a, a mom pilot. Uh, you know, like, uh, maybe that happens once in every 500 pilots, but maybe we should uh, look for something a, a tad more realistic, and then they can fight it out over uh, over who wins in that case. Boo, and this all is in this. all of it now. Like, uh, maybe that's why it rings you. Like, most of the, the shows that I watch where, like, where the, the woman is a cop, her dad was a cop, or her dad was in the military, or, or something like that. Not for it, much longer. Then they're no. going to change it all to, like, it's your already mom. been changed. It's, it's already be been like, changed. That that that's not accurate at all. It's like, like a dad. Accurate. What they tell you is basically the accuracy doesn't matter. I mean, I think about this with the casting in, like, Bridgerton, mm. like, which is famously diverse. And maybe that's good because diversity is more important than accuracy, but the story is not believable for the most part because it's inaccurate. That's not what that time period is like. It was a mostly white culture. Like, why are we pretending otherwise? Yep. The, uh, it, it is almost like 
there there is no guy analog where it's like the guy is a fashion house designer because his dad was into fashion. No, boy's mom. Forget dads are bad. You don't understand. Okay, so so like the, the, because his two dads. Oh, that inspired okay. him. You're right. You found the loophole. Okay, <laughs> his dad and his really good his dad's really good friend who lived in the same house. But that goes, <laughs> but that goes back to what I'm it saying. About, that, that goes back to what I'm saying about they don't know how to tell stories that are different than male stories, right? Like they they don't know how to tell that story in a way that will actually get people to show up. They yeah. have to make it yes, a female. Yes, they are bad at writing yes. believable plots. You're right. You're right. They are. All right. <laughs> now that we've uh, made Hollywood feel. If we weren't exasperated enough. Yeah. Now that we've made Hollywood feel pretty bad about themselves, we are going to talk about Barbie core, which I can't believe I can even say with a straight face. <laughs> Plastic fantastic. Barbie core is the fashion movement turning hyper femininity on its head. Mary, would you like to lead this discussion? Of course. As the uh, purveyor of fashion and death here <laughs> at this podcast. I only think about fashion and death. Our patron yes. saint of fashion and death. Yes. Um, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with millennial pink. It's that dusty rose shade that millennials love. I and have, a lot of architectural magazines are like, please stop using this. I, I bought a shirt that Nick kept calling salmon that was literally listed as dusty uh, dusty rose dusty rose yep it really pissed that's you how off. you know that brett is a millennial he couldn't help it he had to buy a millennial pink shirt yeah so it's if you look pink, for the gen z analog it is this hot pink barbie magenta that we're seeing it's on uh valentino runways it's on anne hathaway and uh, i think most notably the set for the Barbie movie that photo, coming next year. That photo is going to be iconic of her in the car. Oh, yeah. That photo will go down in history. It already is. I, yeah. I really do believe, like, you don't see something like that very often. Like a photo that's going to end up being yeah. that iconic. It will. And I actually was um, really surprised at the casting. And, and then the fact that the filming ended only recently uh, and people were already hyping it up so much. Uh, and people are really excited to see it next year. Uh, it's part of this Barbie core trend. And I think it started maybe on TikTok with uh, Bimbo core. It's a little bit different, but it has the same aesthetic. It's more based on um, asserting that, I guess, hyper feminine women can still be intellectuals they can still be informed on current events and on social issues without being book smart or without uh going out of their way to prove themselves to men sorry to quote Ch chet hanks we can all read we books. can all read books so we just don't like all a barbie core outfit like i i have an idea of what this is but for for our listeners who i assume have no idea what we're talking about they, well they met they highly I'm emphasized the hot pink power suit i hate power dressing uh, that's like from the 70s. It's very second wave feminism and like women coming into the workforce. I hate everything about the 70s aesthetic, but that especially. I mean, Nicki Minaj was doing this a couple of years ago. Right? Oh, yeah. she And they credited her a lot with this. Like, I feel like Katy Perry has vague Barbie aesthetics. It's just not all pink, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, she's kind of veered away from that, but I think Nicki Minaj has always had this. Like, she calls her fans the barbs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like very prevalent in but her it's like pink aesthetic. it's like sparkly yeah it's like dopamine dressing yeah dopamine dressing it's a term that they they mentioned in this article that is it was embraced by 
Gen Z and millennials after the lockdowns where you were wearing when, muted tones. Apparently. Like, I mean, that's I don't know where that ca- came from. I hate when people citation, try to citation coin, needed. I hate when yeah people like academics try to coin terms or phrases desperately and it just doesn't stick. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that this is an attempt to uplift ourselves through dressing in an over the top, uh, an extremely hyper feminine way and but not for the male gaze they say it's about subverting societal expectations and reclaiming stereotypes of femininity it's nothing like jumping on a trend to subvert societal expectations well i just think it's awfully convenient when you're able to subvert societal expectations and the male gaze by being more attractive to men. Yes. <laughs> also, I, I want to ask who the, being ugly wasn't working is, for them. Is this a happy coincidence, I, huh? I also want to know who they're reclaiming it from. Who are they reclaiming it from? The male gaze. The the, the male gaze that they're literally trying and to. By that I mean the male homosexuals in the fashion world. <laughs> no, um, but like unironically, that is where femininity has has gone in the fashion mm-hmm. world. Like I wish that there was a return to maybe the Dior new look that when we actually had feminine silhouettes still. But um, this is just, I think, a way that is, you can't have a silhouette if you're not wearing clothes. Also, right? <laughs> yeah, I want to point out, like, is this also like I, I looked at the example they had of Zendaya uh, where she's wearing it's like a frumpy. It's like, it looks like it's supposed to be like a, an intentionally frumpy power suit in bright pink. And I remember there was a thing recently of Justin. Like, it's like a trend of guys dressing like they found their dad's suit in a closet and put it on. Well, they look like Roblox characters. Yes. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That That's. High on the list of awful, Hate like it. along yeah. with like I, I'm also not a fan of the of like the uh, of like the loose like faded blue jeans. Is there either. like any Gen Z trendy aesthetic that you do like no, right now? No, there's not. Well, I'm. I don't, frosted tips come back. Millennial, you know what that'll be the day. Like the the loose blue jeans, I just I can't stand. I it. felt I, like I frosted tips kind of came back a little bit during Did COVID. They? Just because everyone was on the internet doing nothing. Did and you see them? Yeah, I used to see people. There's like a, a cap that you can get. Women get it. And you like, basically, it's got holes in it. And you use a crochet hook to like pull it. And I used to see men I do saw it all. That. Men, I used to see men do it all the time. And they would like bleach the ends of their hair. And it's like, so you guys don't understand. We already were here. We've already <laughs> done this. Given Barbie's 1950, 1950s heritage and the rise of Barbie core is also about fashion's obsession with nostalgia, something that has become especially pertinent this year thanks to the resurgence of Y2K styles we've seen this season it's a key factor for a demographic who lived through those times and are currently seeking solace in the in that familiarity i do believe that a lot of like i i I hate the idea that they're intellectualizing fashion so much like well what do you think that these the academic institutions exist for other than to call things deep that aren't that deep i mean and when you go out anyone knows like it doesn't look like anybody puts that much thought into what they're wearing you had that article it was it said like megan fox is hot it's not that deep or something yeah like and that. it yeah. it really isn't and i wish that you know women's sex appeal didn't have to be boiled down to some desperate uh attempt at empowerment does it like, feel like i just hate that anytime women do anything the feminist movement is like it because of feminism that's us okay like yeah. you're dressing in baggy clothes it's feminism cover up the male it. gaze well oh, you're okay. dressing really skimpy it's feminism i just feel like this movement is not good i mean i'm pretty anti-feminist but i 
think that trying to co-op femininity now is like the latest in a long line of attempts to say that anything women do that's positive is ultimately attributed to this movement that's had no like true teeth in american culture other than to harm it well you can claim that it's linked but you can't prove it Mm. and then you can't disprove what they're saying either it's yeah uh but to pull it back to the Greta Gerwig movie, which I'm looking forward to, they're expecting it to be some kind of deep societal commentary on like how that doll has modeled femininity or or what that means for women and conveniently forgetting that they hated Barbie for decades. Well, yeah, and Well, now they've changed they Barbie. They forced now. they forced the company to basically bend the knee and create diversity equity and inclusion dolls yep that are like love die dolls who like i'm sorry but let's be real for a second do little girls want to play with a doll that's in a wheelchair i don't think so I mean, girl dolls used to sell a wheelchair one well i mean used used to i mean that's a little stuff. bit different because you're supposed to customize an american girl doll to be like you well isn't the, okay yeah, isn't the idea that the that the but barbie was always just barbie it's the laverne cox uh barbie that gets me they're like they were like we have our first yeah. trans barbie and i'd be like why are you doing this yeah. they're like because we're very welcoming and and interested well, in all people and if we're going to start intellectualizing this trend this fashion trend i'll say it's not what they're saying it is it's not some kind of feminist uh stance it's really women wanting to appear hyper feminine in an age where actually being feminine not just appearing that way but being that is looked down upon the thing is like i think barbie has been popular among a lot of like trad pro feminine commentators for a long time i mean like there's a youtuber i she she misses midwest or whatever and she's got the long blonde hair and the big eyes and like that's how she naturally looks but like the idea of being hyper feminine has been a long around for a long 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 time but when you make it hot pink and you make it well this is for feminism then they're okay with it yeah it does feel like there's like yeah. this constant battle back and forth between like they know that men are going to like women dressed in uh, alluring attire that is bright pink and hyper feminine, so they have to intellectualize their way around doing it so that they because God forbid the guys enjoy. Yeah, it's it. like you can only be sexually appealing or feminine on their terms. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's why if you make- if you happen to attract men in the process as that's like a footnote you can only do it for yourself and it's just like it doesn't actually hold up it's why they don't it's why they don't like uh comic books that are written by men with attractive female characters because it's the fact that a guy drew it right they don't have a problem with women being attractive they have a a problem with men liking and being the ones that drew the woman as attractive in the comic I also think there's like a warped version of what like hyper femininity is in this case. Like they're really relying on this hot pink argument, but I would argue that if they, if you were to show someone who was wearing a different color, but it was very delicate, a traditional silhouette, floor length, whatever, they would be like, oh, well, that's not really the same thing. It's that it has this marker where it becomes obvious. Like they need it to be so simplified to figure out what they're doing. Well, they another can only thing, figure it out if it's hot pink. 
Yeah, and another thing they're highlighting here is that there have been so many Barbies that, like, are examples of different professions for little girls, and now you're taking that to the grown-up world. Firefighter Barbie. Yeah, like, I mean... CEO Barbie. Girl boss Barbie. The firefighter Barbie was cool because she came with a Oh, is that a real thing? I'm pretty sure. I was making that up. No way. Okay. Uh, in st- Look, there was she's had a long storied career. Long and illustrious The thing career. is, though, feminists hated Barbie for decades because of her body proportions. This gives little girls unrealistic expectations of their bo- bodies. That's not what real women look like. And they hated it, hated it, hated it until they're like, anyways, it's a pushback against that patriarchy, which I just can't stand that. You know, there's a male equivalent to this uh, in which uh, there's a porn star named Johnny Sins who's done like 10 gazillion movies and they talk about how he's a national hero and they post like clips of him when he was like, he played a firefighter and he played a cop and he played a, 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 a lawyer and it's he's like... He's done it all. Yeah, and they're, they're like, they're like uh, don't say that you support American heroes if you don't support this legend and it's like all him from very clearly fake scenarios. It's very, very funny. What this looks like to me is more extended adolescence. Yep. It's a dress-up game. Like, if you interpret your own life and your career goals as, like, trying to imitate imitate a, a fictional character, a doll that you played with, that's extended adolescence. <laughs> they talk about the... Uh, they had a, a... For Barbie, they had an inspiring woman series... With uh, dolls of uh, Maya Angelou, uh, Rosa Parks, and, and Jane, Jane Goodall. <laughs> no! Uh, H- how old are you when you play with Barbies? Six. No six-year-olds like, I want a Jane Goodall doll. None. Not They're like, zip, who zip. is Rosa Parks? They don't know yet. Like, yeah. It's not their job but to know But it's clearly for so happy older that my, women. Yeah, it's, it's only for moms who played with, yeah. who were, grew up in this anti-Barbie era, but kind of secretly wanted a Barbie. And so now they buy their four-year-old, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg Barbie, and they're like, look, she loves it. I'm so happy to give her a feminist icon. Like, and If anything, I think American Girl Dolls have done a much better job so of much empowering better. little girls if that's what we really want to do. Also, being age-appropriate. Yeah, and being age-appropriate. They have girls that are their age in different historical periods with real stories and like their whole lore and... That are researched, that yeah, are that accurate. are well researched, and actually teaches girls about history too. And Barbie is just like, um, like here's a Barbie in a wheelchair. Like I don't know, Barbie's <laughs> like, a flight attendant. Or, like Barbie I, is a personality. Farrah said, "Women are starting their own businesses. They're ditching the boring black suits at work. They want to have it their way, and eat. they want to. Bo- they want a girl boss, but they don't want to have to also, wear what the guys wear to girls work. Girls are right? not ditching the boring black suits at work because." of empowerment they're ditching it because fashion changed like yeah. they're not in style the 80s power suit is not stylish anymore is it like i want to see the the guy equivalent to this article where they're like guys are ditching the three button suit at work and they're switching to two like that's <laughs> no because we don't care what you do only women they also you're most people don't test. look to the internet for how they're gonna dress it's just a fact. I think it's like the basal. T- like, I, I think we need an opposite for when men try to be included in conversation and women are like, get out of here. You don't even know what we're talking about. We think the same way when you guys want to get involved in our discussions about sports. And <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, uh, well, yeah, to be honest, I think these days it's... Um, they call it the try-hard girl, the one who's like, I'm what there's, one of the- I, There are more women trying to intrude upon men's 
hobbies and spaces and conversations than the other way around. No dude is like, let me into your makeup uh, channel. My, I want into your makeup channel. One of my favorite examples of this is uh, there's a dating podcast where one of the hosts was saying, you know, if you want to meet someone, you're looking for like a long-term relationship, don't pretend to be into flag football if you are actually not. If you yeah. are, fine, go sign up for flag football and meet a man there. But if you go to camping and you hate camping just to meet a man, that man likes camping. So he's going to want to go camping. He's going to want to watch the baseball game. Men don't do this. There's no man who's just like hanging around Sephora being like, hey, girl, like, I also love skincare. Do you want to talk about that over coffee, maybe? Like, men don't behave this way. Only women do this. But so I it think makes it's sense. also because women are they they have this inferiority complex because they've been taught not see that's to what i think this is like i think like in some ways just being like i want to wear pink and i want to dress feminine it's like, about the fatigue of like just being they, women are browbeaten too by also women have, i'm like system. this is like something i had a lot oh, of absolutely. communication pressures talk about this like women have to justify everything they do and so it can't just be like i'm wearing this because i like it it has to be like well, ultimately, yeah, it's a commentary it's a on society. Comment. You're like, I want to, I want to settle down and have kids. Or like, why would you want to do that? Because you I should, hate you could be working. a you could be a mid level uh, executive at this company, or they have to do this tedious explanation of it. It's like, well, you're actually turning the expectations up, 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 yes. up, upside down because they have you to, know it's your choice, Queen. They like, have to logic their way around it just to explain it to their friends, not and because people, you just you know find it beautiful to spend a lot of time with your babies. Yep. It's, I don't know. Uh, I mean, is this really just, is this all come back to feminism and the constant push for them to, uh, it's like, we can't, where women aren't working, we need to put them in the workforce. Women can't. We have uh, to double place, the workforce. We, we can't, women don't play sports. We need to, we need to get them involved in sports. Uh, many of what them love it. don't many, like sports. That's also that, like, how many women back in the day could quilt? And now we're like, everyone needs to play t-ball and no one can quilt anymore. Dude, women have no skills that they used to have and all it's happened to men too yeah, yeah. It, no, because we all have to be the same but then we lost everything yep yeah. yep the guys are like i can't do anything that uh, a guy could normally do normally do and then the girl's like oh, that's okay i can't do it actually she wouldn't she'd be like why can't you do that guys are like i know nothing about cars and yeah. women are like i know nothing about cooking let's um, try and figure this out what do we do <laughs> and then we get the word adulting which i also hate oh i hate, I hate that I hate word it. i hate that word <laughs> All right, uh, final thoughts on uh, on Barbie core ladies. I just hope that the Greta Gerwig movie <laughs> isn't trying to be a social commentary. Please. Make, I just want it to be funny and aesthetically pleasing. That's all I film. want. Make it a horror film. I'm already happy with the casting of Barbie and Ken. Yeah, to be it's honest. great. Like, so I, I have high hopes. Did you see the clip? Did I ever send you the clip of, like, the guy coming up and slapping yeah, yeah. Margot? Guy comes up and, like, they caught, like, a, an on-set shot where a guy comes up behind Barbie and slaps her on the butt. And she turns around kind of, like, haphazardly and slaps him, like, almost on accident. And the guy falls over. And, like, just imagine that guy's, like, I got hired to slap Margot Robbie's butt. <laughs> and he's just like, I need one more take. I need one more take. I didn't I feel like that was my best one. That was, I definitely could have gotten more of the cheek. On the slap. Let's let's take. Did it you the... also audition for this role? I did. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are gonna hyper analyze that movie, but um, oh, the articles are gonna be hilarious. I, think we should do I an, hope that I think as we a should do an anti-analysis where we just the whole time we're like, that was so pretty. I love <laughs> it. Did you see her hair? Yeah, I, that's what I want it to be. 
All right, we're going to move on. We're going to do Podluck, and we are going to start with uh, Demi Lovato, which you wrote a very uh, excellent yeah, article on. Do you I, I mean, I don't know why I cared so much, but... You did care <laughs> about this one. Do you want to start with this one? Sure. Uh, Demi Lovato threw her ex-boyfriend, Wilmer Valderrama, under the bus for the age gap in their relationship. I do want to point out continuously that how good of a job that 70s show did at making him not look like an extremely tall, dark, and handsome guy. Because he's he is an so extremely, he was like a geeky. He's character. like an extremely tall, extremely dark, and extremely handsome dude that they somehow made to look like a complete nerd. <laughs> it's like the transformation of powers <laughs> of a haircut. The magic of of movie making is right there, my friends. Because I look at him like, really, that guy. Um. Okay. Demi Lovato is putting out a new album in ten days, and she's also turning thirty in ten days, and she's reflecting on her past. Okay, so she has this leaked song from the album called oh my gosh someone leaked one of her songs oh no totally by accident um (laughs) it's called 29 and you might think that's about her age but i a lot of fans think it's about her ex-boyfriend's age when they originally met and she was 17 years old um i don't know why this this like bothered me so much i guess it's because uh, during the lockdown, I was looking at a lot of documentaries, and one of them I watched was Demi Lovato's autobiographical documentary called Simply Complicated from uh, late 2017. You were watching when we were in up here? Yeah, and okay. there is a clip from it that I played while you were here um, where she is reminiscing about her relationship with Wilmer. Um and she says nothing but the highest of praises, most fond memories with him. Um, he, like, went to the hospital when she overdosed that one time, even though they broke it up. Because she, it was not... They were together for six years. It was not socially expedient for her to be mean to him back that, then. Now yeah, it is. Yeah, at that time. And... Also, he's married and has babies, someone else, and her life is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you think there's a little bit of jealousy there? or Perhaps. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, she... In that clip, she said she was extremely attracted to him when they first met uh, on the set of uh, Census Forms Participation PSA. She was still on Disney. Um, she was 17, and so she remembers... the U.S. government's fault. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say, uh, wait, what year was this? In 2010. Okay. January of 2010. Thanks, Obama. Um <laughs> And she she was like saying he he basically was like get away from me you're too young but they started dating when she turned eighteen he who like knows marked, what he actually marked, went on behind he this. marked also, the date on the calendar with like is, a red X yeah like we've heard this story before Hillary Duff was like no I'm not dating Joel Madden even though he's 24 and I'm 16 it used to or happen something. so or, often uh, Dane Cook who's 50 just announced yeah. that he's like. Get engaged together. to his longtime love, and all the comments on Twitter were like, "Hope it wasn't longer than five years, because that girl was eighteen five years ago." Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, they've been together. She's twenty three. They said they've been together for five years. So. Five years so specifically. Weird. Five very five years. Uh, four years and twelve, eleven months and twenty one days. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said, "To be honest, I only did it the PSA because I heard it was at his house, and I thought he was really cute. I didn't really care about the census forms." <laughs> 
What? what? Now she tells me? Oh my god! <laughs> I, 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 she was the lady of the census forms. I thought about her all the time. No, I'm just I do. <laughs> I, I remember those PSAs though. They, I oh, think yeah, they put too. them on D, on Disney at the He's, time. Who's the one? Who, Rachel Lee Cook did the ones like "This is your brain on drugs." She's like, I just wanted. I didn't to, even care about drugs. She, I wanted to meet a man. She's like, <laughs> she's, she's like, I just wanted. It was the thing where like they boil two eggs. Like this is your brain. <laughs> eggs was like this is your brain on drugs. She's like, I just wanted to boil some eggs. <laughs> no, I like it better. She's like, I just heard it was at this one guy's house, and I wanted to meet him. If you want to know what teenage girls are like. Yeah, she she called it love at first sight, and lust now, at best. Uh, let's let's just read the lyrics that were leaked from this snippet of the song. Go for it. Pedal on the vine, too young to drink wine. Just five years of bleeders, student and a teacher, far from innocent. What the f's consent? Numbers told you not to, but that didn't stop you. Didn't stop you either. Thought it was a teenage dream, just a fantasy, but was it yours or was it mine? That's pretty damning, if true. Like, she's basically implying, with anything but naming him, that he coerced her into a relationship before she was 18. Would it have been illegal? Uh, no. So it's just a matter we, of him I don't being, think so, at least. So we're just saying that but he, he's look, just a bad person? I don't think people in the entertainment business generally care whether what they're doing is legal yeah. or ethical. I mean, like, he's not barred from hanging out with her. It's like most states, it's like there's no, you can't have sexual contact with someone. So, so is it, was he in the wrong, I, I mean, I think she's, uh, I think she's going to, what is it? There's your side, there's their side, and then there's the truth. It's always something closer to the middle. She's going to paint it in whatever way sells her album best. Do you think he was in the wrong? If if we're what to assume mean, that they the got world? together before she was eighteen, uh, he had a. I, I always love the concept when they talk about power dynamics because there's no such thing as the perfect power dynamic. It does not exist. Look, well, equals, I get annoyed with the exist. like. Equals in don't the real exactly. World. So yeah. so uh, in the intersectional, uh, somebody's always to blame world that they live in. Uh, was he in the wrong here? I feel like this is similar to the question that comes up, which is like. Well, 18 is not very different than like 17 and 364 days. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't be looking at a 17 or 18 or a 19 year old. Maybe that's just age inappropriate. Yeah. I think that we all recognize that between 15 and 21, people really grow and mature. You know, I can't say he did anything wrong if they like what went to lunch, went to dinner. Like, no, he technically didn't do anything wrong. I don't necessarily think that this age gap was appropriate. And I assume because she was a child star, she grew up thinking that, oh, I'm mature for my age. I can handle more than I actually can. According to the time-honored rule of half your age plus seven, he was in the wrong. <laughs> that is, that's actually a very important rule. Uh, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not like necessarily one to say like there's a specific age gap that's appropriate or not. Like Everyone has to decide that for themselves. But I just think... Even if he legally did not cross the line, we have to stop this thing where like, and then I turned 18 and it was okay. Like probably mm -hmm. still not okay. You're probably not more mature than you were the day well, before. Sure. Yeah. And I just found it in interesting that in interviews at, I saw one with Ryan Seacrest when she was 22 uh, and then from her documentary when she was 25, it's all roses. Everything was great. Wilmer is the love of my life. Even though we broke up, I still, my heart will belong to him forever. And then all of a sudden, 
it's this change of tune and it just feels slimy because it feels like she is indirectly trying to ruin his reputation and not give him the chance to respond also society has now trained her to think differently than she thought than she thought and not just that but i think like as a child star lifelong behind the camera i know i i just know there are other people who victimized demi lovato in that way Mm -hmm. and He's possibly, quite possibly, a scapegoat for her feelings about that and not wanting to confront that part of her life. Yeah. I mean, I think she might feel differently about it now that she's older and whatever else. It is interesting to me that, like, I'm pretty sure his he and his current wife have a pretty significant age gap, close to a decade. And he dated Lindsay Lohan when she was 18. Yeah, in, like uh, 2004. He has a little bracket of so where he, he likes, uh he likes him young he likes he? him young he, he's married he has a kid now seems like everything's fine in his end and i think in some way it's easy for people to look back and say like oh that wasn't actually a good relationship for me in hindsight yeah. and it may not be because he treated her poorly or because the age gap is just for whatever reason that was not correct i mean it's hard not to assume that she got involved with drugs when they were dating because that was like part of her whole mm-hmm. like i'm sober now thing um, that's also part of it it's like so she's not like she's putting it on him I would, when he didn't if he didn't behave poorly then she's just saying well, I, you I didn't follow society standards what she sees is that she was totally in love with him and because of her age had no other point of reference for like any other guy and, he and should then have known. now he is able to move on and be in love and have a family and his own life and she's still kind of a mess I she's still kind of reeling from her past yeah. And it feels unfair for her. And I get that. But why is the answer then to just use ambiguous song lyrics to throw him under the bus? I think more than anything, like, she's using this age gap conversation to be relevant in a story in Hollywood. And this is the thing. If it was someone else, I might take it into more consideration. But because Demi Lovato conveniently always seems to make some big personal revelation right when she's about to drop an album. <laughs> I know. Right when her like we were just out, talking about right her switching her pronouns. Again. Right when her, yeah, like right when her podcast comes out, this is the first time she announces her pronouns differently. If it were someone else, sure. I think our conversation would be different because it's Demi Lovato. It's very hard for it not to be, but she's like we sacrificing have to this person. She supposedly loves so much on the do, altar of getting attention, but online. he doesn't do anything for her anymore. And yeah. he's moved on very clearly. Yeah. So I therefore mean, I he think should pay. You have to just acknowledge that there is, we can't have a conversation about Demi Lovato without acknowledging the opportunistic tendencies that have marked her whole career. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if this is just, I, if I was in Hollywood, I mean, like, is it, it was a vastly different time when this when happened. When you were in Hollywood? Where it, it, what? I said, I said, if I was in Hollywood. Yeah. I'm just said, but it was a vastly different time back then. So uh, it's like talking yesterday about. <laughs> Sean Bean and intimacy coordinators. I don't know if some of these men realize just how how sharp the sword that's hanging above their head really is when, when they engage in some of this behavior. If it's uh, a means of just not understanding the, the, the way society has changed, the way we view relationships. Like I said, it's all power dynamics to a lot of them now. It's all... Uh, uh, sacrificing at the altar of what is socially and morally acceptable of today. And they're all too happy to go back and look at perfectly normal relationships. So like I said, she spoke very highly of him long yeah. after going back and reanalyzing a perfectly healthy relationship that just didn't work out You're rewriting and history. finding well, something wrong with it. I would argue that America, a lot of Americans never have to deal with this kind of situation. Like she was hanging out with someone who was like, 
a decade older than her that's actually not super not common because we tend to ship our 18 to 21 year olds off to college yeah. where they hang out with other 18 to 21 year olds and then they come out on the other side I think is that like the one good thing college has done for us I don't even know that that's good I don't but, even think that's good either <laughs> but yeah. we uh, we don't have conversations regularly about like what is an age-appropriate gap? I think it keeps a lot of parents from having to have conversations about healthy romantic relationships or, like, what you can handle at 17 versus 19, you yeah. know? Uh, because it happens out of our purview. It happens somewhere else. We don't really think about it. And then eventually someone drags a significant other home and they're like, thank goodness, you seem good enough. Like, some families aren't like that and mm. some are. And I think with Hollywood, especially teens or, like, children and teen stars – they are working from such an early age that they start to feel like they're adults before their time. They ha Their brain has not caught up with the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, your conclusion is what? That she's doing it for attention? Um, that's is part of it for sure. But I want to reiterate that child stars are abused yeah. so much more often than anyone knows. Yep. And I can't imagine she would be an exception. And I... I have a strong feeling that this anger she might have at him is displaced onto him when it really it is deserved by some other people who treated her very badly. That's yeah. what I'll say. All right. All right. Uh, on to the far... Uh, if that was... I don't know if I consider that sort of creepy, but I consider virtual influencers very creepy. They're both creepy very for creepy. different reasons. Uh, do you want <laughs> to tell us about virtual influencers? Sure. Um, I first became aware of Lil Michaela. She is uh, the biggest virtual influencer in the U.S. And if you look at her Instagram, it's all that uncanny valley, CGI, almost real very type creepy. of picture. It's exactly the same type of content that you would see from a real influencer. She's just, she looks digital. That's all. And it's just like that 10% that is missing from reality. That makes it all the weirder to me. And like if you think 10%. about how much people edit their real pictures, you're kind of seeing a blend. Uh, yeah. is it, are they actually a person? Yeah. Or are they a filter? Like, it's it sounds like fake deep, but it's increasingly true. And then we're finding that uh, fake people are a lot more marketable and easy to control. They are without fault. They're, yeah, they don't get canceled. So you can't cancel someone who has never had a private life. Society will evolve because eventually whoever coded the, the, the virtual influencer oh, will I get see. in trouble. They'll be like, he once wrote a mean tweet when he was 19. Well, it'll be like a flaw in the code, like Lil Tay, uh, the, <laughs> the Twitter AI gone rogue. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so... The one from South Korea is named Rosie. It's called a meta influencer. The one from India launched earlier this year Kyra? is Kira? Kyra. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, it's so creepy looking. <laughs> and they, it's just interesting. They post all the same content that a normal influencer posts. It takes advantage of the fact that you're looking at it on a smaller screen. Because if I looked at this picture of Kyra right here on, a, on my phone, it probably would look they, it's almost passable, yeah. but also they they do get more attention on their pages just because you can tell there's that ten percent of reality Wait, missing. So in this one, are the hands of the photo real, and she's not? 
that's how I think at least Lil Michaela does her pictures. I think it is a real person that's hired, and then they only edit the face that and is the hair. Incredible. So, but then that means the model is interchangeable. Oh, so, oh, so there actually or is a person. there's a model who consistently plays. Yeah. So but if you needed to switch them out, like you could easily do that. But then, just then find someone with the same body type. Then they're not un uncorruptible because then you just whoever the model was is the one you you go but after. The model isn't the one posting any of the content, but and coming up with any of the things that it but says. But the IP and the account is owned by like a lot of these state, yeah. like social media companies. So the, what I would wonder is if they would get challenged in court um, on like fraud or like uh, false advertising. Because like this happens with like McDonald's is, or Burger King is in a big lawsuit right now about how they over time made their burgers look beefier and cheesier. And so like that's considered false advertising. This happens with like skincare companies. They're not allowed to retouch after a certain point because yeah. it can, oh, okay. is considered false advertising. Like it makes me wonder if there's a similar like, uh, you know, it really depends on what they're doing. Right. If it's just like it's 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 if they're equating it to like a mannequin wearing a Prada dress. Prada uses mannequins that's real uh but it does seem like in some ways it would be right in this gray area of like what is not permissible in terms of manipulating images in mm -hmm. my opinion the, so, so wait so that that's an actual person there but they've just manipulated the face at least that's what i'm guessing okay because the rest of the picture doesn't look as manipulated no, that, nearly as much guys, as the face or hair is this the uh new zealand herald article uh, yeah, there's and that, if you go down the list, there are male influencers as well. There's one on mine that I've opened, uh, Ludu Malugu. I don't know his name. He's a, it's a Brazilian ah. based virtual influencer, and that one looks fake. That one just looks like a. Sim. That looks like one of the things from Team America: World Police. But the rest of them are styled in the same way as the Lil Michaela character, where mm -hmm. it's it looks to be a normal image that they just manipulated after the fact. In the in the face and the hair mainly. Absolutely terrifying. Is it? I mean, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that the like how accurate is the twenty one year old male virtual influencer is from Atlanta and was created by a social media media marketing company. Like literally, he looks like a dude you would see in Atlanta. Like, but the way they crazy. describe themselves, self the self proclaimed universal adapter. You mean the copy editor who wrote his bio said that he's. <laughs> but it's like this weird stuff that like young teens say about themselves. It's like vague. Uh, description that like actually I, I could see someone being like I'm a universal adapter what what does that even mean <laughs> it, it doesn't need to mean anything it doesn't I, <laughs> says the self-proclaimed universal adapter uses his platform is he even a he if it's but, not a real person and also like he can't use his platform because the platform is fake the company that owns this IP uses the platform that oh they created. Oh my god, I I don't I fake don't like this fake person. This is so he, dystopian. Uses his platform to promote and advocate so, for social so issues, collaborating with the World Health Organization to spread awareness about the coronavirus. They I all advocate for social issues. What kind of social issues do you think they advocate for? First off, these fake people aren't getting to choose. The companies are choosing. Like, yes. This is very yeah. dystopian and weird. Yes. Uh, like I said, like I now I fake hate this fake person because of the <laughs> uh, the fact that he's an activist. But he can't Remember, help it. It's not have just. Choice. It is not, not enough to just not be an activist. You have to be actively anti-activist. <laughs> Remember that. Can you do activism against activism? Uh, so I am an actively an active member of active. Uh, uh, yes, I am anti-activist <laughs> at all times. I'm a deactivist. That's what I am. So, well, I don't know if the if the digital influencers are ever going to overtake 
the real Instagram models, but they're certainly these guys will hang out with the with the de-aged versions. They're getting of brand deals. They're they're getting partnerships with NGOs like and they're modeling clothing. Com- Who gets companies the money? Did. What these companies did is like we're gonna make these teen young people influencers never grow up. that we never have to pay. Yeah. Like they don't have to yeah. work with an influencer who might have their own opinion. They just made one. That's fake. Yeah. Like, that's creepy. That's super creepy. It's mm-hmm. like the Truman Show, but even weirder. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes in the future. It's time for Womp Womp Womp, Mary. Okay, let's go. Doja Cat shaves her head and eyebrows on Instagram Live. I don't like having hair, she says. I tried (laughs) to get you to cover this live when it was breaking news, and Brett said no, and I think we we all need to We have to save this specifically for You weren't going to be on that day. I wanted to save it for you. This girl, she is trying to be Britney. There's so Um, much to unpack here. (laughs) Can we play the video if it doesn't have music? Is it an Instagram video? It's at the top of the the article. I don't think we can play this one right here. You don't want to play the top one? That's The top one is like people advertising. It's a people advertisement. That's not this. Oh, for me, it shows her talking. Here, I have it. It's If you scroll down. No, uh, that's copyrighted. Scroll down, Brett. That's gonna get, th- this scroll, one, we scroll. can watch. There. We can watch this one. <laughs> My makeup artist just texted me. Are you shaving your brows off? I'm driving the fuck over. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. That music is probably copyrighted. Damn it. It's not. But um, this sentence she said doesn't make any sense to me. It's very funny how much of an effect taking my hair off my head has positively positively influenced me. That is not a grammatically correct sentence. That doesn't matter. But anyway, I think Doja is obsessed with uh, seeming like she's really unhinged and she has like such crackhead energy. But she but is nothing calculated. of the sort. She you think she's a fake uh, <laughs> a fake mess. She's a fake mess. We have fake influence. mess. I think this is a, strangely an allusion to Britney, sh- Britney Spears shaving her head. But Britney Spears did it way crazier. This girl did it. And she perfect- had good reason. Well, and this girl did it in her perfectly lit studio on her own live. Britney Spears was like, I'm driving my car. I'm walking in. I'm going to shave my head. And the paparazzi caught it. Like, that's how you have public mental breakdown. Yeah. Come on, Doja Cat. Yeah, back in the day, the, the pu- you actually had to be pursued by other people to have, to, to, be, uh, to have a public breakdown. Now you can have your own perfectly timed and lit public breakdown. And I find that just as much, just as dystopian as not real influencers getting brand deals. Yeah. And as sad as Britney's situation was, a part of me, a very ghoulish part of me, does wish that we still had the type of pop culture that just tears apart celebrities and doesn't coddle them the way they do now. They're absolutely coddled. They harassed them in real life. Remember what Perez Hilton was like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was terrible. And there's nothing like that now. Everyone loves You can't even bully them online. You'll get banned. The other thing is like some, like let's remember America's Next Top Model, there are some people who when, I mean, America's Next Top Model and Twiggy is another example of this. People who make a dramatic shift in their look and it actually makes them stand out in their industry. Like in some ways with this, her doing it so publicly, I just looked her up with hair and she looks like any other random girl. Like I don't know anything. But now that you know that she's bald, you're like, oh yeah, that's Doja Cat. You're actually going to be able to pick her out on the street much more easily, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like this is obviously an attempt to get more attention. But at the same time, like... Monetize every aspect about of it, where life. she's like, "I'm going live," and I want to. Even if she did it in a calculated way, I'm like, oh, it was you know, She needed 2000- approval to do this. She wants yes. to be the early 2000s so badly. It's amazing. 
Well, yeah. Mary wants to be. You just can't but get the chaos back. Yeah, you can't. Like, Mary- everything is controlled. The internet has basically turned into a padded cell where you can just writhe around and go absolutely insane and never. You, you're never gonna hit anything. Like you're in a straight jacket, you can't change anything. And if there was a camera watching the padded cell, it would be in HD. Right. It's very also depressing. like shaving your eyebrows is kind of a tan right now, a trend right now, right? She just or bleached them. She didn't even bleaching their eyebrows or them shaving them is like I thought it was trendy. I've seen it a is. ton of girls. Do you yeah. can just paint them on anyways. My favorite meme exactly. is that it says no guys ever thought a woman is hotter if she had longer eyelashes. I don't believe not true. that really. Not mm-hmm. true. Mascara is one of the oldest yeah. makeup products also, for a reason. Also, like, men think it's natural for the most part, not everyone's. It makes your eyes look bigger, which men like. No one. It's is a ever, difference you would never. I don't think men are think ever about. like it's her eyelashes. They think like her okay, they eyes just don't really know. They just exactly. don't. Know. That's true. You guys they, don't notice us. No. That's. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Brett's like neglected wife. Well, the, the goal of like well done makeup is that you're not noticing the makeup because mm-hmm. you're noticing the person wearing it. All right. Uh, all right. But yeah, uh, Doja Hannah, Cat. Hannah Clara, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me on this uh, recorded Mary's Playing Hooky episode. <laughs> uh, do you want me to outro now? Is outro? That the look and, you're giving uh, me? Out of all the things we talked about, which one did you like the most? Would you find the most interesting? Um, I or don't the most know. disturbing? Um, I liked our. <coughs> I liked a lot of our conversations today. I was interested on in our. Um, bollywood conversation because none of it makes sense i also think that like it can you can see how much we are consuming media because we can all be like and here's eight other references here's 16 other things although to be fair we got very off topic we didn't really reference anything from bollywood yeah that's fine Um, well yeah those films aren't really relevant to us but like maybe we should start reviewing bollywood films (laughs) that would be hilarious i don't know cooch cooch hoda hi Anyways, Let you guys can, can find, find me on Instagram at hannahclare.b. You can find me on Gab at hannahclareb. And you can find me on timcast.com. Click on the retap. I'm there multiple times a day. Perfect. Thank you. Mary, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram or WeChat at closerkitty. And whenever I post articles on timcast.com, I promote them there. And when will you be back? On Friday next week. Okay. All right. That will be what? What's what date is that? What's the nineteenth? Right. Yes. Yeah. Mark your calendars. Exactly, <laughs> guys. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic for the show. We are here normally live Monday through Friday, three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. We are also, uh, if you want to listen, we are on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify. I promise you, though, it's a lot more fun live. <laughs> uh, we're on social media on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore Show, Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.